Hey, hey, you people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Hey, man. What's that? What's your favorite TV show of all time? Like, you know, when you, if you watch it when you're five, you would have loved it. And if you watch it when you're 90, you're going to love it. Oh, man, that's a that's a tough, tough question because my taste when I was five are not, are not the same. You only I mean, pick you ask, one. Well, when I was five, I would have said He-Man, but I don't, He-Man now is kind of a cringy to watch. <laughs> I'm talking about like having your experiences now, knowing that if you're five, you reverted to five, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd still like that. Oh, man, I would probably have to say the... Um, uh, friends. Uh, okay, I knew it was friends. That's not friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> probably, probably the the Young Justice cartoon. Uh, I love that so much. The Young Justice cartoon is your favorite TV show of all time, really? Well, no. Hold on. You quali- uh. you put a qualifier on it, saying something that I know I would have liked when I was young, and that I like when I'm older. Yeah. That that that, that changes it. Like that means Does I have it? to pick something that not only do I like now, but I would like yeah. when I was young, and that I'll probably still like in the future. Yeah. That's so that that's not just favorite of all time. That's just favorite. That's a favorite show that you would like in different parts of your life. And I would have to say Young Justice because it hits all the boxes of things that I like. Interesting. What do you think your favorite of all time? That's a good, that's a a tough one. I don't know, honestly. Uh, If you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have said Buffy, but not anymore. Um, Because of Whedon's? No, not because of Whedon's, because it's, 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 it just, I've grown it over. I mean, I like it still, but I've watched it so many times where it's now, it's been repetitive, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I have to. I honestly, I don't have an answer for that question. To be to be honest, there you go. No, it is what it is. Hey guys, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is the indecisive Mister Horsley. And today on the show, where it's well, it's Aaron Glenane, isn't it? It is, man. He comes on, talks to Melissa. He plays the last Australian on Snowpiercer, the TV show. It's out. Wait, um, have you watched wait, that yet? Wait, the last Australian. Yeah. What kind of responsibility do you think the if if it was real that person would have or would have the feeling of or would you just get to the point where you're like we're just all people now? I mean, I'd be like I'd want to have an actual name besides the Lost Australian. I don't know. Well, you but, get what I'm saying? Like culture yeah. at that point and where you're born and where you're from doesn't matter, right? It's That's, interesting. It is interesting. Have you watched that show yet? I have not. But I want to see it. Here's the problem. We are in a literal golden age of television. And we have been for like the last decade. It's just been amazing content after amazing content. It's hard to have a a set of TV shows that you're going to watch without missing something. You know, you can't watch it all. There's, you don't have enough time in the day. We wouldn't be doing this right now if we were, if we, if we, Set time to watch all the amazing content out right now. There's no, there's no time. That's why I like. I'll pick shows and 
pick it. And there's a lot of stuff I've watched. I've, like, I still want to watch Krypton, but I haven't seen it yet, you know, because I haven't, just, haven't been able to push, put it on my schedule of watching stuff. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I'm a sitcom fan. Yeah. You know, I know people are like, oh, that's so, they're, you know, they're cheesy or they're full of tropes. But I don't yeah, care. I love them. I, yeah. I think because we work so much, like you and I work a lot. Yeah. And we don't just work on our daily life or in our professional life, but also on our podcast life, our website life and our family life. We have a yeah. lot going on. And so it's nice to have an escape where it's just something funny and breezy, you know? Right. Right. That and I also like, I mean, people, people dog on the CW stuff or those kind of shows where it's like, yeah, these drama shows that are, have drama stuff in it. But honestly, man, I like it because it's an escape. I don't have to like be sad. I like the CW watch shows. Them. Yeah, exactly. I'm really hoping that they it. bring back the swamp thing because it because I think it did really well on it. I want them to as well. I think it did. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Don't hold me to that. Nope. No, you're, if you're wrong, you're wrong forever. Sorry. <laughs> but Snowbridge looks great, man. I, I actually it's actually on my list of things to watch because it looks really good. Doesn't it have? Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't isn't Steve Rogers on Chris Evans? Uh, he's on the he was in the movie Snowpiercer. Yeah. Oh, he's in the movie. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But that kind of sets up the show, right? I believe so. I honestly, I don't know, but I assume they look, they look pretty same. So, well, let's find out more with Aaron Glenane and Melissa because if you don't want to watch Snowpiercer after this, I, I don't even want to be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, dude? It's got Jennifer Connelly in it. Hell yeah! Oh, dude, I had the biggest crush on Jennifer Connelly. Like, oh my god! Like that was. <laughs> Like a lot of kids my age, their big crush in junior high was Alyssa Milano, right? Yep. Yeah. No. On Who's the Boss? No. Yeah. No. Mine was Jennifer Connelly from Labyrinth, and yeah. she was just like, I was like, oh, I'm in love with her. <laughs> yeah. She was so good at that. But let's sit back and listen to Aaron Glenane and Melissa in their own words before we go off on a Jennifer Connelly tangent. Roll. That's so easy to do. the country and I'm Melissa Sergia. Today on the show, I'm excited. I get to chat with the talented actor, Aaron Glenane. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate it. Thank you. And let me make sure I did say your last name correctly. <laughs> you nailed it. That was perfect. It's surprisingly, it's a little, it's a little challenging at times, but you you hit it on the head. It was perfect. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Um, now you are you're Australian, correct? Mm-hmm. And are you are you currently in Australia? Are you stateside? Uh, I, I am in Australia now. I was living in LA, and hopefully, I'll be back there in the not too distant future. But but right now, yeah, I'm in I'm in Australia. Nice. Um, yeah. And so I know that because of you know COVID and everything, filming hasn't really been happening um, much. Are you on a break right now, or have you been able to still film? Uh, so in Australia, there, there wasn't really too much going on until maybe September, October last year. Um, and then sort of TV commercials started coming back in and they were, they were wrapping up shooting shows that had been halted. And then towards the very end of the year, new production started coming in and, and the start of the years continued 
along that line. So um, yeah. uh, I've just booked a gig recently. So I'll, I've started prep for that and and I'll start shooting um, towards the end of March. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. it's I you know I, I definitely wanted to talk to you. I was really excited um, because well, I'm a big fan of Snowpiercer for wine. That's a, an amazing show. Um, and I feel like you are popping up in a lot of things lately. I keep seeing you <laughs> everywhere <laughs> when I'm when I'm watching uh, you know film or television, which is awesome um, that you're staying busy. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about Snowpiercer. Um, it's in season oh. two, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's such a great show. Um, for those who haven't seen it, tell them a little bit about you know what it's about and who you play. Sure. Yeah. So, Snowpiercer is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi or cli-fi, if you want to go that far. <laughs> um, and uh, it's kind of well, the beginning of the TV show is set seven years after scientists tried to, I guess solve the climate change problem which backfires um and meanwhile this has all been happening mr wilford's been creating a 1001 car long train which will continuously venture around the world until we come out of this ice age that we're in um so fast forward seven years um season one kicks off um and and we're doing the revolutions on the train. Um, but uh, unbeknownst to a lot of the characters, well, nearly nearly every character in the show, um, Melanie Cavill, Jennifer Connelly, is, is now running the train. Um, and uh, I play a character called predominantly for the entire series. His name is The Last Australian. Um, because he believes he's the last Aussie left alive on the train. And uh, he's been <laughs> searching for seven years to find one other kindred spirit that he can um, talk all things Australia about and, and hasn't found them yet. Um, and so, but he's in the tail section of the train and, and the, the tailies uh, didn't have tickets to, to board this illustrious, um, probably secretive, um vehicle and and have learned about it discovered about it and and i guess kind of fought their way onto the train so they could survive um so we fought our way into the luggage kind of compartment of the train everything that the tail section in is what the the luggage was stored in um of first second and third class um and we've been living back there and the rest of the train is at the find a way to um, facilitate us, you know, very, not that they've wanted to in any way. Um, right. <laughs> and, yeah, and we've had to find a way to stay alive. That's kind of where season one kicks off. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, um, you know, for anyone listening, if you do watch the show, I hope you're caught up because I'm going to bring up a couple of things that are current um, on television. Um, congrats on finally getting a character name, though, because <laughs> for the first season, yes. I thought, you know, oh, he's just the last Australian, but he doesn't actually have a name. Um, yeah. And then we just find out, um, you know, a couple episodes ago that you're that your name is Murray. <laughs> yes. Lovely Murray. It's yeah. Character name. I know. So that's. uh that's nice that he can uh, that he can share that with other people now. It's kind of like yeah, that every other character's got to just like 
whatever, we don't care about your name, but you're the last Australian. So right. That's, <laughs> so. right. It was so funny. And did you actually know like ahead of time that your name was Murray or did they kind of just make it up as they go along or spring it on you at the last minute? Yeah, no, they kind of sprung that on me. Um, so yeah, I I think I'd, I'd had a different name in mind, um, but then I guess they'd wanted to go in, in that direction, which was which was fine with me. Um, so I it's, I'd kind of adopted Murray, and then I, I made his surname Murphy just for myself. I kind of wanted to give him that kind of superhero. Yeah, you know, Parker. I was like, this guy can he can be Murray Murphy. Um, so, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. And he does, he does find another Australian, um, finally. And it happens to be a very attractive blonde woman, <laughs> which, is, which is awesome. Um, how excited was Murray to, uh, to not only meet another Australian, but to have a, maybe a possible love interest. Oh my God. You know, that's, I mean, in the very first episode, my very first line in the whole show is I want to be a dad. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is, um, to, that is really rooted into the core of who he is. Um, he's, you know, he wants that for himself, but he wants that to be able to kind of continue the Australian um, to uh, people, I guess. Um, and and so to make more, yeah, find, yeah, to find another Aussie on the train is uh, is like. It is just super special for him. And and like you said, she just happens to be an incredibly attractive, beautiful human. Um who I and I actually um know Georgina who plays her. Um I knew her prior to, to shooting. And so when I found oh, out cool. she was I was I was thrilled because she's she's absolutely lovely. Well, that's cool. Well, and if you know someone um previously too, I'm sure it kind of makes it more comfortable when you're doing those kinds of scenes. Yeah, it's always it's um it's always an interesting one, isn't it? When you kind of yeah, just kind of thrown into that thing of okay, you're deeply attracted to this person, go you <laughs> right. know, or, or you guys have been married and you've got a you've got a kid and it's like go. So it's um it it is always um it's kind of always, you're always a little bit nervous going okay how's this how's this going to go who is this person and and figure that out but um but Georgina's awesome and supremely talented um and yeah so so great to work with yeah no I mean the entire cast is it's so incredible you know you have this huge ensemble cast um very uh, a lot you know of well-known actors um new actors that, that I mm-hmm. that are new to me um and everyone just works so effortlessly together I mean everyone has chemistry um there's just such a huge cast I mean that must be so incredible being on a set like that oh yeah it's amazing and and like you said, everyone's chemistry and how everyone works together is is really it's it's awesome because um there's everyone is just in it together. Um, there's uh, no one has an ego <laughs> an ego or anything. Everyone's everyone's just in this together, and um, we've all become really good friends. We hang out outside of work, and um, oh, nice. it's um it's a really collaborative kind of team um environment um uh so yeah the cast is amazing and and like you said there was a lot of you know there was people that I knew but then there was a lot of people that I didn't know and it's it's really nice being involved in that kind of ensemble environment um where you're just exposed to so many different 
people and backgrounds and ways of working. You know, mm-hmm. I, I might work in one way and someone works completely different to me. And and figuring that dynamic out is really fun. And, you know, as an actor, that's great because you can learn things from, from everyone that you're kind of playing opposite. All right. I bet it's just like a, a lesson every day, you know, watching everyone's technique and um, and how they bounce off each other, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. But, you know, especially watching Jennifer Connelly and Sean Bean do their thing. Oh, my God. You're like, oh, my God. You know, that that's just a masterclass in acting. You know, I would I would come if I wasn't working, I would um, come in on the scenes that I wasn't shooting. And then I'd, I'd just watch what they were doing. And I'm like, man, you guys are just you guys are just pros, you know. Yeah. Especially <laughs> with, the, you know, like the. Everything they've thought through, the amount of preparation they put in, and and watching them rehearse before a scene, and then and then stepping into a scene is just, it's just, um, yeah. I just felt really lucky to be able to watch them do their thing. Yeah, and the scenes are so intense. You know, there's, I mean, it's a really intense show. There's not much, you know, comedy or, or there are some light moments, but most of, mostly it's it's pretty heavy and and gory at times. And I mean, it must be really tense. Um, do you do you guys joke around at all in between takes? Is there any kind of like you know having fun, or are you kind of like staying in character? Uh yeah, like yeah, hundred percent right. The show is, I mean. The stakes are so high mm, constantly, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it is kind of that, um, I don't know, any of those kind of high concept, you know, like Star Wars or something where it's like, oh, you know, this world could blow up any second. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what's at stake for these guys all the time, um, which creates a tense environment, let alone when you're in this kind of set that is, supremely claustrophobic especially if you're in the say the tail or um the markets like those environments um uh uh, really intense um so yeah a lot of the work is done for itself as far as the um the the feelings of um tension and everything that you have to bring to the scenes um and and i've tried to bring a little bit of find spots of humor in in the story between between myself and the other the other characters along the way, especially Z Rack and Strong Boy, when I'm <laughs> when I was trying to break them out of the drawers, um, uh, yeah. So I was aiming to bring a little bit of lightness in there um, and and fun and play. But um, there, there's a bunch of the actors that are uh, notorious for their humor and and pranks and laughter on set, like Stephen Ogg. Oh, he's, he's he's fantastic. Such a good actor. Oh my god, he is a brilliant actor and so mischievous. Um, so he he definitely keeps it light on set in between takes. Anytime we <laughs> feel like we're getting into a, like a rut or something, or it's um, a little tense, Stephen has no problem in bringing us out of that. So it's um, yeah, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of fun there. <laughs> That's um, good. And the sets are so incredible. You mentioned the the claustrophobia of of the sets. Um, are those just as real um, lifelike um, up close as they are to us when we're watching? Oh yeah, yeah, they're um, they're they're amazing. Like each um, in the tail, um, for example, in uh, each of the bunks in the back is 
tailored to a certain character. So mm-hmm. The Last Australian's bunk has little remnants of Australia in there, mm-hmm. little iconography, um, and then lights section is just kind of all mechanics and um, inventions <laughs> and things she's collected and coming up with. So everyone's bunk is specifically tailored um, in the marketplace when you walk up there, there's little handwritten notes that they pin up on the walls everywhere that oh, that wow. would be so hard to see to the naked eye. And I feel like even if you pause the show and tried to zoom in or something, it'd be really hard to see. But the <laughs> the attention to detail is um is phenomenal, and and there's not that much blue screen or anything really. Like it's all it's all there for you. The the oh. only real blue screen is sort of you know when you're looking out a window or if um if you're going kind of between carriages um and and you want to see 20 cars deep they they create that then but but um they can they can back up like five six cars together and and make it that long and you can walk the length of that train set and it's it's wow. all there for you so it's um yeah it's an incredible set to be to be a part of. Um, Amazing. I bet it just puts you right into character. You know, once you're in costume, you see everyone else in costume, then you're on the set. I mean, it must be just easy to kind of jump right into it. Yeah, it really is that thing. As soon as you step in there, it's, um, and, and maybe because of the, the all surrounding nature of it, it's, um, you know, you, once they shut those doors, you're like, you're in there. <laughs> a lot of the time you don't even know where the camera is, especially if they've got, wow. say, two or three cameras going at once. You know, there might be the, the lead camera that's on you or something, but there'll be two or three other small cameras tucked in little nooks and crannies, and then you're like, oh, man, I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> you're like, why <laughs> so are you cre- not- creeping up on me? <laughs> yeah. it's It kind of feels like theatre a lot of the time in that you're, you never really know when you're being shot or filmed and you just kind of have to um, stay in it. But the, um, yeah, yeah, but, and, but that, that's an exciting thing about this sort of second train as well, as far as the big Alice cars, I mean, seeing Wilford's car and <laughs> the kind of um, money and power and um, prestige that's been built into that is, you know, that's, that's the yeah other end of the spectrum as far as <laughs> what we've got in the tail. It's uh, it's pretty glorious. Yeah, it's very different when you when you finally get to see the you know inside of Wilford's um, Big Alice, and you know compared to a lot of the the cars in Snowpiercer. I mean, they do have that first class, you know, with like the dining car that looks all very fancy. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it was just an interesting like dichotomy to see both cars and just kind of how both um groups of people are being you know treated essentially as well yeah yeah definitely definitely i mean that um big alice was kind of built as the the prototype to snowpiercer and so a lot of the you know little malfunctions they may have found on big alice is um kind of fixed up on snowpiercer and and probably runs a little smoother on on Snowpiercer, but the but the train itself is you know it's bigger, it's mm. it's um, more robust, um, small like n- uh, not as many cars in length, um, and uh, and I think the conditions that they've been living in for the majority of the crew on that train have been um, pretty difficult conditions, and um, 
And so, you know, the idea of them getting fresh food from, you know, first, second class in Snowpiercer is, you know. Um, yeah, life-changing. Life-changing, exactly. So, so you know, the, a lot of the characters in that train live in deep fear of, you know, Wilford <laughs> and um, it gives them it gives them a real edge um, and a new element to the show. Yeah, it definitely ups the stakes um, and makes it for as a you know an audience, uh, it makes it more like nail biting. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, mm-hmm. now there's this other element. I mean, it was already intense before Wilford reappeared, <laughs> and yeah. now there's like this other you know villain you know element. So um, yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. like it's so in, like anxiety ridden at times. You know, where you're like. And you don't know who to root for. That's another thing too I like about the show is some characters you you start to like. You're like, oh, I think they're a good character, and then they do a couple things that make you question their motives, right? Yes, yeah, definitely. It's um, and that's yeah, I love that about the show as well. I mean, the the first and most obvious character there's Melanie. As far as mm, you know, yes. she appears the whole first half of season one. She comes across as the villain of the show, but then you know, towards the end, you're sort of learning the responsibilities of, um, I guess, power and running the train and decisions she's had to make in her eyes that have been for yeah. the greater good. And and so that's what, you know, they're the kind of characters that I love um, not only playing but watching as well as those ones that are kind of really complex and compelling and have those nuanced oh, yeah layers to their personality where because we've all have those um capabilities within us but you know yeah either choose to do them or choose not to do them Um, (laughs) right yeah yeah and so um i I love that about the show as well even even steven's character pike you know he kind of comes across pretty villainous at the beginning of um season one you know mm-hmm. desperate but vi- villainous in a way and and you, you kind of his uh, character journey is really interesting you know right now where he's at in season two he's super oh. lost and um <laughs> yeah his his that last episode on monday was well the whole episode i, I want to kind of get into it a little bit but yeah it was it was pretty intense um as usual as expected mm. but yeah his he had a lot of um scenes in that episode and it was interesting to kind of see like you were saying he he was kind of villainous and i still don't know if he if he's all good you know he's multi-layered but yeah he's been kind of um not knowing where he belongs i think right yeah oh yeah for sure it's like he's been thrown into this you know suddenly i mean it's it's that interesting thing because suddenly we've gotten this um thing that we've been fighting so hard and long for this freedom but then at the same time it's been the rug's been pulled out from under us just as it was in our fingertips um and so you know yeah steven's character's found a way to kind of um expose himself to a little bit of power and that he's been able to kind of funnel the drugs in the train and and whatnot but so yeah he's gotten this power but has <laughs> it feels a little lost in it you know he's got this yeah you know amazing suit <laughs> and he's stolen all <laughs> this stuff from first class which is which is super fascinating it's like winning the tats lotto in a way well right. then, <laughs> but then you blow it all because you don't know what to do with it and it's um yeah it's it's just it's super 
yeah, there's there's so many interesting things that are explored. Yeah. yeah. Where do you think, um, I mean, I don't know, well, you've already filmed it, so you already know, but um, how, where do you think your character is headed? Um, and I know you can't give any spoilers away, but, you know, I'd love to see more scenes with you. Um, do you have an idea um, where the character is going to go? Uh, well, um, I don't really have an idea. I wish I had an idea, but yeah. I definitely have my own ideas as far as, um uh where Murray sits and um what he's kind of you know yeah. the interesting thing for you know um that I've found interesting about the character is sort of being that I think there's something really interesting about being the last you know or now that he's found out this one of two of your kind you know yeah. like that that story of um I think it was a couple of years ago about the last great northern rhinoceroses before they became extinct, <laughs> and they're yeah. just like these last two rhinos that, and you know, and they know they're not gonna, you know, they're unable to mate, and there's not going to be any more of them. Um, and I was thinking about that headspace that you would be in, and um, that kind of um, survivor guilt in a way that um, oh yeah, that would that would really sit with you as far as you know I'm it um and and yeah I'd sort of built this backstory for myself that um um Murray's um his his girlfriend prior to to getting on the train was an indigenous Australian and um and and he'd kind of you know that they'd both been living a pretty sort of free life and um but she'd been wanting to kind of commit to something more and he'd been sort of a little uncertain about it. But then just as, just as he was ready to, this happened and, yeah. and she didn't get on the train and she was kind of taken from him. And this, and this idea of being, um, I don't know, like a, 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 a white guy who's continuing this Australian legacy on mm-hmm. when he was with this indigenous Aussie who had, you know, 60,000 years of Australian dream time story and history embedded in her. Wow. And, and he's trying to kind of, you know, fulfill that and, and carry that on. And um, I, I find that just psychologically really um, interesting and, and him trying to remember everything about home and, and yeah. embody it, even if he's not, you know, the most Aussie guy out there. He'd probably try and be super Aussie every now and then just so he can remember what it's like. Um, so so those are things that I find fascinating as far as psychologically for the character. Um, yeah. But then, Interesting backstory. I like that. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think he's pretty um, as far as how he navigates his survival on the train, I think he's um, he's super charming and friendly to everyone and kind of similar to similar in a way to Jamie Bell's character in um in the original movie i felt like he kind of had like a little hook up with everyone and and could kind of charm the pants off anyone on the train and like <laughs> you know get them what they needed and take care of them and and um but also had this real fighter quality that he's and that maybe wasn't there prior to getting on the train, but that he's that he's had to learn through 
through survival. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, as far as where they're going to take the character, I'm, yeah, I'm super curious to to see. Yeah. Now, and because there's there are so many characters, you know, you don't always get to see everyone in every episode. And I'm mm. sure that there's some um, actors that have never even done a scene together. Um, who is who have you not done a scene with that you would just really love to do one with? Oh my god. All right. Yeah. I think it's, season two has allowed us to open that up a little bit more, which has been awesome. Um, I haven't done a scene with Jennifer, so that would be oh, yeah. like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'd love to do more scenes uh, I, like Alison and I, um, Alison Wright, um, who plays the head of hospitality. Um, she, I find her, she's just, she's amazing. Um, she's brilliant. Yeah. I love her character. Yes. She is so good. I would, I would, cause she has such a distaste for Taylor's. And so I would love to, <laughs> I would love to get in a scene with her somehow where, uh, <clears throat> where we're at loggerheads over something. Um, yeah. Cause she, I just, she's, her character is just so, um, delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. She's another one that when, when it first started, I was like, I do not like this, you know, character. Um, I don't trust her. And as the episodes have gone on, I've, you know, they've shown more of her, her heart and her um, motivation. And now she's one of my favorite characters. Like I'm rooting for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, oh, man, I just, I just, and that's the, the luxury with TV, I guess, is that you have that time to, um, to reveal those things it's like yeah yeah, it is like great novels as like like um as as you would know from you know writing um (laughs) a series of books and like being able to reveal things about characters over time and and starting them in one place and then ending them in another it's um yeah it's hard to do that in that two-hour film kind of context in the in the way that you can in TV. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, it's fun to, to do that too, just to sort of unpack characters. And I think that's why a lot of people, um, I, I know the pandemic has kind of helped with this, um, but a lot of people are kind of more into television shows now than films. I know for myself, you know, I'm like, I'd rather binge a television series than commit to a two hour film that may or may not be good, you know? <laughs> I know. Isn't that so funny where it's almost like in our minds, we go, um, I can watch a, uh, I'll watch a 50 minute episode of the show, but I'll watch three episodes, <laughs> but, uh, but a movie is too long. And then yeah. <laughs> <It's not weird. laughs> we, we do the math. It's about the same, but, um, but somehow in our minds, we kind of, we, we're leaning more towards TV now, but, but it does feel like it's, um, they're like chapter books in a way that, you know, that, those great novels where, you know, we just want to read a chapter and then if we love that chapter, oh, we'll watch one more chapter and it's, um, yeah, because we'll keep going. Yeah. But yeah, with a movie, it's, it's kind of this thing where I feel like if I start it, um, I'm committed because I hate to, you know, just turn something off and not find out what happened. But with a television show, if you can watch one episode, I feel like, and then decide, you know what, I'm not going to watch the second one. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, like seeing where films go. Cause some of my favorite films are those, 
Yeah, strangely enough, those real slow burn mm. films where yeah. that Epic. it's um yeah, it might not be so really um bang 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 one after the other thing. It can be like a real you know slow burn but um but the idea of sitting down for a two and a half hour movie i'm like oh do i want to do that and then when i am doing it i'm like oh my god this is amazing but right it's, um <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's i think it's gonna be really fascinating seeing yeah you know how film's gonna continue to adapt yeah well and that's actually yeah. what how i found your show is because I decided to watch the show instead of the the film, which I do want to go back and watch Snowpiercer, the film, but I thought, oh, I want to watch this show first, you know? Yeah, right. That's, that's so funny. I mean, when it first came out, um, uh, my wife's auntie, she, she was like, oh, I'm going to watch Snowpiercer. And I'm like, that's great. Amazing. Um, and then, so she sat down and watched it, but she watched the film instead of the, tv show and the film's you know two hours and and film is you know um famously violent um yeah <laughs> like just one after the other action scene and um and she got to the end of it she's like oh my god that was brutal but i didn't see you anywhere and i was like <laughs> i feel like just click the snow piercer next to the the film version so she was like oh god okay so i've got to Get this again now so uh yeah thankfully the tv show has a has some violence but uh has a bit more uh rain <laughs> yeah. yeah no it has it definitely has uh episodes where there's more of it and then like i feel like this past uh well i guess except for the Stephen og scene on monday um there's a lot of quiet moments and you know dialogue and mm. And it was interesting because, um, and again, for anyone listening, if you haven't watched it, like, don't listen to me right now. But um, <laughs> the uh, that last scene, you know, with Audrey uh, lingering in the car and then she decides to stay on Big Alice, I thought, this is really interesting. You know, what do you think is going through her mind in that? Oh, my God. Well, you know, yeah, that relationship to me is, you know, super fascinating as well. Um, it is that, I mean, the Wilford character has is you know a master of manipulation mm. of emotions, and um, it seems you know like um, she's caught in in that in one of those relationships that is super toxic and um, and mm -hmm. probably um, very passionate and unique. Um, and uh, yeah, they share things that they don't share or are unable to share with other people, mm -hmm. but at the same time is supremely abusive. Um, and so it's that, yeah, it's, it's oh man, it's oh god, it's <laughs> I know there's so much to unpack on that one. It's like it's 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 one of those ones, it's like, um, you can see the allurement of it but as an outsider you're just going no don't do it um right <laughs> but then you know it, it's like that thing though when you're in those relationships um it's so hard to to see out the other side of that um it's 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 hard to be objective and um for miss audrey it feels like it it doesn't take too much for either of them, her or Wilford, to to fall back into mm. um, 
um, what they were and, and what they have. And for it, it seemed in that last moment for Miss Audrey to be objective was she was caught in emotions and feeling and 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 probably and maybe some sort of sense of safety or power that Wilford offers that that mm-hmm. she hasn't felt like she's had. Um, she's she's being drawn back into that that um yeah it's uh yeah, it's crazy oh, i was that. i was literally like no go to ruth go to ruth <laughs> no, <laughs> no i know exactly what you mean but it, it was a similar scene with um kevin and and um episode 1 or 2 where um you know kevin was captured and taken over to snowpiercer and then oh. finds his way back to big alice and 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 that scene in the bathtub oh was oh my um, god yes is you know that it was so it was it oh god it's so it's disturbing <laughs> and super disturbing and and then at the same time like you said very it was a very gentle scene and quiet scene and um that's uh, yeah i guess that that um uh enormity of wilford's manipulation is um is revealed in those scenes like those scenes it's like oh wow this guy is Oh yeah. Oh, you know, it's it's pretty um pretty brutal. Of, you know, yeah, there's a lot of um <laughs> kind of sociopath in there, narcissism in there and um it yeah, was almost just, a little sexual too in, a, in like an intimate weird way between those two which um uh, cuz you could kind of see the uncomfortableness on the on the on Kevin's face, you know, cuz he wasn't yeah. sure what exactly, you know, cuz it was a seduction of sorts except, you know, he was basically yes. having him kill himself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's intense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's super intense and that right. that was the kind of the great thing <sighs> You know about reading season two you, you get each episode and you're like oh my god this is getting you know pretty bizarre right now but in a really fascinating way and so it's it's not as much about revolutions and um and big battles it's uh, season two gets into those kind of complex nuanced intimate human um yeah uh, kind of conflicts that um that is you know, equally as interesting as a, as a big battle scene, if not more so. Yeah, no. And it's, um, you know, hats off to the writers, you know, definitely want to say congratulations to them because, you know, that's a great, uh, great writing team that you all have because it does, it just gets uh, more intense and, and more um, like it dives deeper, you know, every, every time it's like you said, it's not just your typical actiony show where everyone's blowing stuff up or shooting at each other. I mean, it's really gets, um, more complicated than that yeah yeah no you're right the yeah the the writing team on this is is great and and any of those shows that have those huge ensembles like I'm constantly baffled by just how you how you juggle each kind of individual storyline and Mm -hmm. and keep them tying together but then also you know within that they're tackling you know big issues like um, social injustice and climate change, but then they're also tackling really intimate human issues. So it's, um, yeah. you know, it, yeah, as an audience member, you kind of um, sit back and go along for the ride and um, can sometimes, I don't know, I feel like, um, yeah, we get to the end of this episode and we're like, wow, that was amazing. Oh, my God. And then we're straight <laughs> on to, I don't know, putting 
kids to bed or I don't know, having yeah. dinner or something. But the you know the amount of work that goes in to um to kind of cracking those stories and and building all that is it's a huge amount of work as as you would know as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is a lot of work to build. Um, and I'm sure it's even harder when you're, you know, you've got moving parts literally physically. Um, but yeah, as a writer, you, you have to have, you know, story Bibles and things to keep track of your characters. I mean, so you don't forget like their eye color, you know what I mean? <laughs> like in the book four and you haven't maybe used that character in a while and you're like, wait, I have to go back when, you know, what were their little quirks and nuances and stuff. So yeah, it can be, um, can be challenging for sure, <laughs> but I'm, yeah. but I'm sure, you know, making a television show as well, though, you know, that you have to keep track of, of so many different things because you've got, you know, actual people plus these incredible sets and, you know, stunt coordination and everything. Um, I'm sure it gets dicey at times. <laughs> I guess, I guess the, uh, I guess maybe the only difference is, you know, being, I guess being a writer that, you know, you know, you're able to dictate everything and, you know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, you everything kind of is like in your hands and you're like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to take it. And then uh, I guess with film and TV, it's, it, I guess it starts there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it gets into it, more, more people's hands. And yeah, exactly. Then it opens up and, and as a writer or a director, I'm sure that is equally exciting, but also nerve wracking going, Oh, is this where, is this how I saw it? Is this, is this my vision? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no. the beauty of collaboration is, you know, sometimes, you know, people throwing things that you may not have thought of that then heightens the story and takes it into a new place. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's nice to have, um, you know, people to bounce ideas off of and say like, Hey, this isn't working. You should change this or, you know, or saying, you know, Oh yeah, this is good. Stick with it. Go in this direction. So yeah, I'm sure um, being on a writing team, you know, on a show like that, you know, they probably have some interesting conversations (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, definitely. It'd be it's a be a fun writer's room. You kind of they're they're not too far from the set and you can kind of um see them plotting away in there and um uh yeah, it's uh they they look like they're having a lot of fun a lot of the time. Yeah, like <laughs> messing with the characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You often need laughter coming out of there or something. You know like, what are they skiing? what are they skiing? You know they're up to something. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they're they're it's a great team. Yeah, well, that's great. And I, I do have to ask you um, one more thing about the show. Um, just this is my own weird curiosity. In the in the beginning, when you guys are in the tail, they yeah. they come in with these rations, right? And on the cart, I think this is episode one actually. And there's these black bricks, and you just like breaking yeah. off pieces. For what is that? <laughs> Do you even yeah. know what that is? Like, what are you eating? <laughs> yeah, so they're called they're called bug bars, um, and uh, yeah. Well, I can I can tell you if you'd like, but if you're gonna watch the movie, you you actually see in the film what they are. Oh, okay. Um, so, I'll, but what? Yeah, I can leave it up to you if you want me to to, to tell you. you. No, I'm curious. Go ahead, tell me. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like they're um, cockroaches. Oh, they're wow. bomb, but, but we wouldn't know that. So they're they're processed. They're processed roaches. They're made in these big kind of turbines crunched down that are, um, and put into these kind of gelatin bars. Oh. So they're so they're protein, I guess, but they're, uh, they're not much more than that. Um, 
but thankfully for for us, they're not they're not um they're not, <laughs> not really uh, not very, yeah they're kind of like um they're they're like uh, melted down gummy bears so they yeah they they kind of melt them down and then shape them into these brick formats um and and yeah so they they're alright for a bite or two but after that you're kind of bouncing off the walls and you're like. <laughs> Okay, sugar high. Um, yeah, can they at least flavor them for you or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it kind of just tastes like sugar. It's like, oh man, this is intense. But um, but <laughs> I mean, they're such a great part of Snowpiercer. You know, like the, you know, the bug bars are, you know, uh, classic Snowpiercer. The kind of freezing of the arms, a classic Snowpiercer. So it's um, yeah, it's. That's and I love those that kind of history of the graphic novels and um yeah the you know if yeah if if anyone has or gets a chance to read them you know they they take that in some pretty bizarre places there as well and you know if the show decides to follow any of those storylines they're um man yeah you could take this thing anywhere so yeah, yeah there's there's so many possibilities with um with this show. Um, you know, especially with the the storyline going um, in that direction with, you know, Melanie uh, being off in that other location and trying to figure out, you know, if the temperature is actually warming up and, you know, and if they, if they're not on the train at some point, I mean, I'm sure that would be seasons down the road, but um, that would be also interesting to see like what they would be like on land, you know, not moving. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, there's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> um, and then um, you you were also on a, another new show called 68 Whiskey. Yeah, yeah, 68 yeah. Whiskey, awesome. Just, Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that just, that just came out, right, in January? Uh, uh, January 2020, it came out. So it, ca- it came out last year. Oh, last so, year, okay. Yeah, and it's, um, I think it's on CBS All Access. It's on Paramount Network um in australia it's on stan um so yeah it's uh and that was awesome you know that's kind of a ron howard show and um it was that was really fun it was sort of a military dramedy i want to say um i think it probably started out as a as uh something closer to mash um but because it was a um uh an hour-long episodes it, the dramatic elements came into it a little more. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was super fun. And again, you know, the, the, uh, all the U S shows I've done over there, uh, I've been playing Aussies, which is, you know, yeah. kind of, <laughs> you know, that was super unexpected, you know, I kind of, you know, working, working for years on my U S accent. And then, um, <laughs> and then the, the, the roles that you end up getting your Aussies. So it's, 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 it was just, it was just funny. So, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I played a really fun character in that show. His name was chef Gale and, um, he, uh, he ran the mess hall, um, on this, this NATO base in Afghanistan. And, um, so, you know, uh, he had that going on, but then he also had a lot of sort of side dealings working through the kitchen and, um, yeah. So okay. he was very fun and mischievous and, and the, the funny thing about, you know, running the mess hall that I learned from talking to military guys is that even if you don't, even if your rank isn't um, particularly high, 
if people want to get good food, yeah, suddenly you have this sense, you have, you just have this high, there's a real sense of hierarchy. Um, That's so, interesting. Yeah. It, it, you know, whoever's talking to you, whether they're, whether they have a low, lower rank or a higher rank than you, people want to be really nice to you. And if they're not, then, you know, that, you know, they're going to pay for it with what they get at lunch. So, yeah. um, that was that was really fun on the show with having characters come to me that um that may not have liked me or I might not have liked them but uh, had to get something off me um in return so uh, you give them slop if if they didn't <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure um so <laughs> that's funny that's yeah, great it, yeah it was it was great i i thoroughly loved that show it was um it was a blast and again with a lot of a lot of great actors. Um, yeah, some some known, some um, not not as well known. But but yeah, I've been really lucky that I've that that the people I've worked with have have just been awesome, collaborative, really kind of team oriented people. Um, yeah, yeah, that's great. And now, are you? Uh, is that that show is one season? Is it going to be any more? Are you going to be returning to it? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, well, it got a great response, um, and for a while there, it was looking like it was coming back for a second season. But I think we were due to go around the time COVID kicked off, um, and then because of that, I think um, I, it seems from the shows that Paramount have um, been kind of signing off on that, and they seem to be. Um, taking things in a slightly different direction, so that that show won't be getting a second season, which is oh. which is which is a bit of a bummer because it was it was a really great show, but um, you know that's okay. One yeah. door closes and another will open. Yeah, well, and that must be in you know it happens. You know, obviously with um, especially now with so many television shows um, coming out, uh, there's there is a lot that don't make it past one season for whatever reason, and I don't ever think it's the reflection on you know, the quality of the show, it's just for whatever reason, the time slot, you know, it just doesn't get that viewership. So that's got to be frustrating. But, you know, at the same time, you're probably like, okay, let's just move on to the next gig, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, that's a, um, it's such, that's an interesting thing about being an actor is that um, it, you know, life is, and work is constantly changing. Um, I guess, unless you're, yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's it's different all the time, and you and each new show you do, um, you build really intimate, close relationships very quickly, um, and then and then it finishes and it's done, and then you don't see these people for a long time until you come back for another season, or you may not come back for another season, and and so it's it's um yeah, you're constantly kind of on the move and for building these really close bonds. Um, or even it's, um, you know, thinking of just purely auditioning is, um, you know, you, you build that, you know, relationship with the script really quickly, try to try to bring to life this character in a, in a short amount of time. And then, and then you have to learn to, to let it go. Um, yeah. <laughs> go, oh, pretty much immediately. Um, and, and if it comes back around, amazing. If not, then, you you focused on the next one um yeah um yeah that's all you can do right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and um yeah building a a healthy relationship with auditioning is such a 
important thing as an actor because uh you know nine out of ten or maybe more maybe more so uh, of the auditions that you go for you most likely won't get um but that's okay you know it's um it's it's about building relationships with with um casting and actor and producers and directors and and when those roles come along they're they're the roles that were meant for you so yeah yeah no, that's great. And I think also the more, like you said, the more you're in the business too, the more sets that you're on, the more that you you add to your reel, um, you know, people are going to take more notice of you, I think as well. You know, there is, you know, of course, people that are new to the business get lucky breaks as well, but there's something to be said for actors that are working actors that are, you know, constantly working and building um, their resume that I think sometimes you get to a point where, you know, people are like, oh, I know, I know him. Let, let's put him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I, I think I think of like someone like J.K. Simmons or something like that, you know, before mm. Whiplash, he's like the dude you see in everything. You're like, I know that guy. I know that guy. Know. And then you see Whiplash and you're like, oh my God, you know, he, yeah. uh, you know, he was given that kind of opportunity in, in that film and he grabbed it with both hands and, and won an Oscar for it. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I think yeah, so. Incredible. Yeah, so it's uh, it's you know, for the most part. And if you if you love acting, it's it's a it's a long game, and and it's just enjoying the ride as it as it plays out, however it plays out. Yeah, and yeah. will you? Um, I, you might not know the answer to this. Um, is Snowpiercer coming back for season three? I'm assuming it will because it's very popular, but um, do you know anything about that yet? Yeah, yeah. So it it is coming back for a third season um, and shooting is going to kick off soon. Um, so it's, yeah, shooting will probably go for the next five, six months. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we got a third season, which is Yay. awesome. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, we'll just be figuring it out, figuring out what goes on in it very soon. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> and then yeah. other than that, um, is there anything else you have coming out that you can, that you can talk about or anything you can, um, tease? Uh, yes. Well, it's a great little Aussie indie, well, yeah, little indie film, um, came out to, uh, sci-fi called 2067. It came out in the U S at the end of last year. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can catch it on Amazon Prime. It's yeah, just come out. On I just saw the trailer for that. That's yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. That's that is a another great kind of sci-fi, cli-fi kind of kind of film. Um, and then yeah, this uh, I'm I'm just about to start working on another one which hasn't been announced yet, but uh, it's gonna be it's a badass action film. It's gonna be awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Ah, so, yeah. exciting. Uh, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to come back then when you can actually, you know, talk about it and announce it and all that stuff. So we can, you yeah, know, I'd love chat about to. that too. That's okay. so cool. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. it sounds like you're keeping busy, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You know, um, t- yeah, I, I, I just love it. And the opportunities arise when they're meant to. And, um, and yeah. And so to, to be able to work, to be working during a pandemic is a, is a blessing. So uh, I'm, I'm well and truly stoked to get back into it after what's been maybe ten months of, uh, of of having not. So I can't wait. 
Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you're like, I'm ready to get out. Oh my <laughs> Go god. Hang out with yeah. my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been driving my partner mad. I think she's been like, you need a creative outlet. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so, so yeah, she'd yes. probably be glad to leave me out of the house for a little bit. <laughs> it's trust me, you guys, if you're in a couple, which I am, yeah, you're like, go find a hobby, do something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh so yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be good. I can't wait. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for for talking to me today and um, letting me fangirl over Snowpiercer. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I don't blame you. It's an awesome show, and I'm stoked to be part of it. Yeah. Well, you do a great job on the show. Um, can't wait to see you know more scenes with you in the um, upcoming episodes. And uh, everyone, you can watch Aaron um, Monday nights on TNT and Snowpiercer, and season one, um, I believe, is streaming on HBO. Yeah. HBO Max, I think it's on. So yeah, yeah. plenty, plenty well, of outlets. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming out. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. It was awesome talking to you, Melissa. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, <laughs> I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out SpoilerVerse.com because at SpoilerVerse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. <laughs> I like it though. <laughs> it's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and oh my god are you a lover of comic books like we are and then there's so many so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com and i highly implore you to go there and check it out yeah and while you're there you can check out all the other podcasts on our network like bridges and geekdoms and funny book forensics and haphazard adventures and nerds from the crypt and so many more misery point radio. episodes all the time misery point radio has got a ton of great stuff out there go check all of them out and check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you every day on swillivers.com for you to check out to read and to love and to like and to comment we have a store link you want to help support the site we do it two ways one go to our patreon which is just patreon.com slash country or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt a face mask a hoodie something look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two and you know maybe you want to talk to us if you do you can do it obviously on all the socials but if you go to scpod.us slash discord you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. And... Even more.